hello hello what's up there it's little tractor man with my first podcast ever and i really didn't know how to go into this i guess i was avoiding it for a little while you know um but i knew that i wanted my first podcast to be about my addiction and how that was like struggling with it and i guess how it all started Um, I like to keep my stuff short and sweet, but very wordy, so just (laughs) bear with me here. Um, I grew up in a pretty, I guess I would say, like a little bit fucked up household. Um, My dad wasn't really in my life, and so I primarily stayed with my mother and my mother being a victim of abuse and failed relationships and many different unfortunate events, she actually turned to drinking. Um, And I guess I didn't really notice it when I was younger. I didn't really think that it was an issue until I guess like I turned, I turned 21 which is crazy because she was drinking around me for way longer than that and was even drinking, having occasional drinks when she was pregnant with me and which is pretty dark. (laughs) But um, yeah, um, I remember the first instant that she offered me and my friend when we were in eighth grade a drink when we were at Fridays. And we, you know, as kids agreed to take it without really knowing how severe or even how that would begin the downward downward spiral of Paris (laughs) and the people around me, you know? The year 2018 was very horrible for me. It was very good, but also very horrible. But after that instance, um, you know, I would just see her drinking beers around the house and things of that nature um when I got older like when I started getting closer to like 20 she would come home and she would bring me strawberries and you know I would just take them you know I wasn't I wasn't really one to go and think about oh I can't wait till I turn 21 so I can buy drinks this was kind of like shown to me you know through my mother and through the media and The media has a very sneaky way of slipping that in. Like, you can't even really go to a party without there being drinks or without people wanting to drink or that, you know, it has to be there in order to loosen everybody up. It's not like a natural thing where we can go out and have a good time sober. That's not really the thing. And even if we were to go out and there were no drinks, of course, there's going to be like weed and shit. So there was always something to fucking have or do and um I didn't know I didn't know that it would turn into something so horrible mind you like me and my mother never really had the best relationship um I'm gonna talk about in another podcast like what it's like to basically have a narcissistic mother and um being an empathic person and just how hard that is or how hard that was for me and I'm pretty sure there are many other children out there and just young adults who kind of are aware that their parents never really knew how to love them 
and because my dad had cheated on my mother I felt like there was always this resentment so I was basically shunned away from my mother around the age of 19 Um, so with that when I first moved out I was battling with addiction and nobody really knew all my friends lived in Laurel all the people who really like I knew um, were nowhere near me and not a lot of them drove so and because I was also I didn't even know what I was getting into I didn't know how severe it was you know I didn't know I just didn't know looking back on it and I'm sorry just like a little hard to look back on but um, I was battling with it more than I wanted to admit so there would be like times where I would go weeks without really seeing anybody you know I would see my fiance here and there you know when we were living apart so it's not like he even really knew how severe the drinking was and I had only opened up to two people two of my closest friends about it and they didn't even really know how to help me because I would be constantly saying you know I'll take care of it I'll handle it it's not that serious you know I just want to talk to someone about it and I didn't really realize that cycle that that was creating so looking back um it was very severe it was to the point where I had bottles in my closet hidden bottles under my bed I had the little 99 cent shot things like all under my bed when I moved it was like at least a good trash bag full of bottles and shoddies so back then I was only drinking straight up alcohol I wasn't a beer girl and mind you when I had first started drinking I was very petite I was at least 130 125 I think and um very small you know so like I would drink and then not even know that I passed out I wouldn't even know I would wake up in my bed still with the bottle on the side of my bed and I would just wake right up after passing out and then guzzle down again and I know that the assault my uh I was sexually assaulted at my job and that right there really fucked me over especially because I was drunk when this happened and I was but I was not an alcoholic by that time I was drunk but it was kind of like an outing thing you know like that was when there was a storm and I, I was working at a hotel so they allowed us to stay there overnight and yeah um the attacker basically broke into my room and yeah assaulted me and um I eventually did not go to court because I really believe that it was my fault that it happened. I felt like I shouldn't have been drunk. I felt like I shouldn't have letting it got that far. I should have, I just, there was just a lot of should have energy. And I was like, even if he did have bad intentions, like I could have been aware that somebody was trying to come into my hotel room or, you know, like it was just so much. So I held that in for a long time and I didn't tell anybody about it and I kind of just like swallowed my whole like alcohol like phase like and then it kind of resurfaced once I was 20 and 
Um, it just got progressively worse. And then I had to move. Yeah, I moved out of my mom's house. The circumstances weren't great. And, um, I was ready to move in with my boyfriend and my roommate and um, my best friend. And they didn't even know what they were getting into with me. They didn't know. It was just a lot of pain that I was holding in. There was a lot of suffering that I was internally going through that I was choosing to not show that because I was just excited to be out of this environment thinking that, yeah, now I'm not alone anymore. Now I won't be drinking. Now I won't be like tempted to do it, but it only made it kind of progressively even more worse because I literally could not stand working in corporate America. I was working in the industry since I was 13 years old. I was working in the food service industry since I was 13 years old. And I never really got to, I never really got to release all that creativity out of me. I never really got to like heal from all the shit, all the trauma, all the past childhood shit that happened to me in the past 10 years that goes so deep. And that's like a whole different podcast that nobody knew. And it was this mental thing that was happening with me where it's like, well, as long as I appear normal and happy and in the right state of mind as far as like, you know, like I'm not walking around looking sad, you know, I just moved out my mom's house. What the fuck am I sad for? You know, but it was really silent shame because I had left with the alcohol addiction and I didn't know how to talk about it. So therefore imagine how much money I was spending on alcohol when I had to pay rent you know like and then also on top of that working in a job that I despised I didn't like working I felt like I was being pulled to do my music full-time I feel like I was being pulled to do what I was always here to do but at the same time I was dealing with something so crucial to that whole process so I wasn't working every single day like most of my roommates were doing I was working I want to say three days a week and imagine you know like I wasn't getting paid much so my checks would be like the smallest out of the whole group and then we need groceries and then we need food and you know (sighs) utilities and It was just a lot of things that I couldn't handle, but I didn't know how to say it because we were already in too deep. And I I love being away from a toxic environment where I always felt guilty. I always felt guilty staying in my old room where I used to drink alone. And finally being able to get out of that environment, you would think it would help, but it really didn't. And... You know, it just made me even more shameful because, like, it was my best friend involved. And whether she knows it or not, I sincerely, really, honestly did not mean to do all that fucked up shit. I didn't mean for things to spiral and, like, I quit my job in June because, like, I was so stressed. I didn't know how much longer I could fucking go to work, how much I could fucking hang on to something that I knew like I wasn't resonating I knew like I had to make this big decision and because I was also in a hurt mindset and because I was in an addictive sort of like emotional mindset 
it didn't seem like I was acting out irrationally. It felt like this is years of pain that I had that no one understood. And in that, I fucked up so much things for me. There would be times where I would go out. I would literally go out and get shit-faced and not remember anybody who I met. So just imagine how bad that was for my music career, my purpose, the whole reason. Imagine, imagine not wanting to say that, but yet showing it, but yet embodying. And then people coming, people seeing that, but of course... There's this thing with the media where it's like, oh, maybe she's just like having a trashy night, you know, like people have drunk nights. But the thing is, is that all these people didn't really know me well. So they didn't even know that, you know, like those trashy nights were literally like everyday shit for me. Everyday shit. I don't even know how like I'm fucking here still. I've had so many scary blackouts where... I've thrown up on myself, I've shit on myself, I've fucking like peed on myself in public and nobody knew. And I feel like that's why it's important that I speak about these things because I feel like there's this weird thing where it's like, oh, you know, if they're they're addicted to something, they're messy, they're messy. But it's like, addiction is an illness. It's, it's an illness, and I don't care what nobody says. It's a chemical thing that happens on the brain. And if not treated properly, it can fucking kill you, just like any other fucking illness in this world. So that's like, to me, saying... To me, that's saying to a cancer patient, look, if you don't get done with this cancer, we're done. I don't want to be around somebody who has cancer addiction is a cancer whether people want to believe it or not and whatever high horse that people ride on to where they feel like they're too good to be around somebody who has a drug addiction or alcohol addiction and they they can't be around that or even if they talk about it behind their back and not to the person then you aren't being a good friend and I feel like me doing this podcast was just to reveal how severe how severe addiction is and how like me taking accountability for everything that has happened but also understanding that I did have people around me who did not ask any questions and just how scary that is how scary it is that we're so self-involved sometimes to the point where somebody could be crying for help right in front of our face and we don't even know how to respond because we don't talk anymore And I'm so happy that I found this app to do this podcast because I will continue doing this. I will continue speaking about everything and debunking things that at least from coming from a person who has been free from the corporate system and able to sit with myself and think about the things that I've done and the addiction and getting over it and finally getting past it, going from... (laughs) guzzling down bottles by myself in my room alone to being in my own apartment and guzzling down bottles and beers and this tug of war me realizing that I can't do this every day to now being like that's it all on my own and of course with the support of people like around me 
which is literally my partner, who has seen the addiction for the ugly monster that it really is and not from but not from people from the sidelines and that's not a bad thing because not everyone is responsible for the for the things that happened to me but I just wanted to to be clear that all of us as a collective could be better friends whether we think we're the best friend in the world or not be a good friend to the people you don't even fucking know what what harm will it do oh they might fuck me over so what that's on them and I think that around this time when this addiction thing was happening with me I feel like niggas avoided me I felt avoided like the plague I felt like it was looked at as yikes whereas oh shit like let me talk to them about this like is everything okay there was even a rumor going around that I was on drugs I was not on drugs. I was fucking wounded and dealing with it through alcoholism, but nobody would know that if they didn't ask me. I had to outright come and say it. And I think I just want to continue doing this. Whoever listens, whoever it reaches, I hope that you can learn something from this. I would hope that you understand that the next time you are dealing with something and you feel like it's it's starting to affect your life in a bad way, it's it and it and it feels addictive in a sense like you're attached to it and this could even be like hating yourself or you know low self-esteem that can be an addiction depression can be an addiction talk about it talk about it because even if you can say oh I wish somebody helped me well put it out there put it out on the table that you need help sometimes we just need to ask for it sometimes people don't know that they that they need to step in or they they probably don't even feel comfortable stepping in because of how headstrong you are you have to look at both sides of the fence and that's what I'm doing that's what I've done and that is a short summary of my story and it's so important it's so important that we start talking to each other again and no, not just at party settings. No, not just like when you have a set. Try to reach out to that person you claim is your friend every day. Even if it's just a small text. Even I'm trying to take steps into letting the people who I really care about and who have been there for me in the past and we've had conversations, I'm trying to let them know that I'm there for them just as much. And it doesn't matter what's going on. We need to stick together. And that's one thing I learned through having an addiction I wasn't sticking together and I fell apart because I thought I was misinvincible and I thought I could handle it all by myself and I made irrational decisions and I made a fool of myself many times we have got to get it together we cannot keep isolating ourselves pride is dead 